It's amazing to me how many people desire to grow in their walk with God, regardless of where they are in the journey. So they ask for more faith. Many people pray for it. Other people say, if I come to church, maybe I'll just serendipitously get it. However, the scripture is very clear about how we get more faith. So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God as Romans chapter 10 verse 17 reminds us. So our prayer for you as you hear this message is that your faith would go from where it is to where God intends it to be. Grow as you hear this word. that nothing that you desire compares to the Lord. Is it true? That nothing you desire compares to him. It's true for me, y'all. It's true for me. I say to my brother, Brandon, It couldn't have been more perfect this morning. Thank you. Y'all, I even brought my daddy's handkerchief. (laughs) So I think my brother and I were on a very similar page this morning. A lot of things in life can break our hearts. And they can cause us to even um, have conditions that may affect us long term. But when nothing you desire compares to God, you can have joy through tears. You can have comfort when it seems that comfort is impossible. You can have healing when doctors have said that there's nothing else you can do or that they can do. And you can still endure hard trials as a good soldier when nothing you desire compares to God. I'm so grateful for (laughs) y'all. I'm so grateful for the people of God. And even what Amy said, y'all. Y'all, Amy already preached what I was gonna preach for the most part. So this is going to be like a recap. (laughs) This is going to be a recap. And I told you, and listen, when we think about who we are as individuals and who we are collectively as a body, you can't help but consider that we need each other. You just can't help but consider that we need each other. I needed Brandon to sing the songs that he sang this morning. And in God's sovereignty, he had similar feelings to what I was feeling this morning. And in God's sovereignty, he put just certain songs on his heart. That's the power of God. And I don't know about you, but those kind of things mean something to me. It meant something to me to even have this handkerchief, something so small, because Jesus knew I was going to be snotting and crying because of what Brandon was about to do. (laughs) This is just real talk sovereignty of God. This is how God operates. Nothing is beyond his control. Nothing is a surprise to him. 
y'all ain't feeling me, but I'm going to just say what I'm going to say. It's God's sovereignty that we're here. It's God's sovereignty that you can hear my voice. It's God's sovereignty that we can even gather through screens. It's God's sovereignty. But I ain't going to talk too much more. I'm going to let God talk a little bit. We're just going to go straight to the word. Straight to the word. After a quick, quick word of prayer, Father, we thank you for your sovereignty. We thank you for the body of Christ that you have knit together according to your purpose and your will. We thank you for hard trials that remind us that you're there. <laughs> and we ask you, Lord, to speak to our hearts this morning from your word. Do only what you can. Move Shay out of the way and speak to your people. Split your word thousands and thousands of ways so that people who hear what you say will understand and move according to your will for them. It's in Jesus' name we thank you. Amen. Amen. So I was for real when I said that Amy already preached what I was going to say. So 1 Corinthians 12. I wasn't playing. And y'all, I'm going to be honest with y'all. I can get a little bit hood when I get real upset with the devil. Come on, go there. Go there. I put on a dress so I could kind of tone it down for y'all. Y'all think I'm playing. I'm for real. <laughs> I'm going to try not to cut up all the way. But y'all, I got country roots and I grew up in the hood. So I'm just... What you get is what you get. And I love Jesus in real life, and he redeemed me for real. I'm going to be, y'all, I'm emotional today. Forgive my snot, y'all. <laughs> you got to fold the handkerchief so the snot is on the inside. All right, so 1 Corinthians 12. It says, I'm reading from the New Living Translation, so it might read a little bit differently than what you have. But it says, now, dear brothers and sisters, regarding your question about the special abilities the Spirit gives us, I don't want you to misunderstand this. He said, I don't want you to misunderstand. So this is important. Pay attention, y'all. You know that when you were still pagans, you were led astray and swept along in worshiping speechless idols. That means idols that were built that don't say a word. So I want you to know that no one speaking by the Spirit of God will curse Jesus, and no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. There are different kinds of spiritual gifts, but the same Spirit is the source of them all. There are different kinds of service, but we serve the same Lord. I like this part. God works in different ways, but it is the same God who does the work in all of us. A spiritual gift is given to each of us so we can help each other. To one person, the Spirit gives the ability to, wise, to give wise advice. To another, the Spirit gives a message of special knowledge. The same Spirit gives great faith to another. And to someone else, the one Spirit gives the gift of healing. He gives one person the power to perform miracles and another the ability to prophesy. He gives someone else the ability to discern whether a message is from the Spirit of God or from another spirit. 
Still another person is given the ability to speak in unknown languages while another is given the ability to interpret what is being said. It is the one and only spirit who distributes all these gifts. He alone decides which gift each person should have. The human body has many parts, but the many parts make up one whole body. So it is with the body of Christ. Some of us are Jews, some are Gentiles, some are slaves, and some are free. But we have all been baptized into one body by one spirit, and we all share the same spirit. Yes, the body has many different parts, not just one part. If the foot says, I am not part of the body because I'm not a hand, that does not make it any less part of the body. And if the ear says, I am not part of the body because I am not an eye, would that make it any less part of the body? If the whole body were an eye, how would you hear? If your, or if your whole body were an ear, how would you smell anything? But our bodies have many parts, and God has put each part just where he wants it. How strange a body would be if it had only one part. Yes, there are many parts, but only one body. The eye can never say to the hand, I don't need you. The head can't say to the feet, I don't need you. In fact, some parts of the body that seem weakest and least important are actually the most necessary. And the parts we regard as less honorable are those we clothe with the greatest care. So we carefully protect those parts that should not be seen, while the more honorable parts do not require this special care. So God has put the body together such that extra honor and care are given to those parts that have less dignity. This makes for harmony among the members so that all the members care for each other. Did y'all hear that? This makes for harmony among the members so that all the members care for each other. If one part suffers, all the parts suffer with it. Excuse me. If one part suffers, all the parts suffer with it. If one part is honored, all the parts are glad. All of you together are Christ's body, and each of you is a part of it. Here are some of the parts God has appointed for each, I'm sorry, for the church. First are apostles, second are prophets, third are teachers, then those who do miracles, those who have the gift of healing, those who can help others, and those who have the gift of leadership or guidance, and those who speak in unknown languages. Are we all apostles? Are we all prophets? Are we all teachers? Do we have the power to do miracles? Do we all have the gift of healing? Do we all have the ability to speak in unknown languages? Do we all have the ability to interpret unknown languages? Of course not. So you should earnestly desire the most helpful gifts. But now let me show you a way of life that is best of all. Y'all, that's the word of the Lord. And it's a whole chapter of a book. And there's a lot in it. So this series that we're talking about this month is called This Is Us, same as our campaign that'll be launching. And I want to specifically speak to This Is Us, and we go together. 
we go together. I know that generally that kind of applies to dating situations, like we go together, right? But today it means that we're a family. So I have not watched faithfully This Is Us as a whole series. Y'all don't come for me. I haven't watched it completely, but I have seen a few episodes. And I remember when this show became really popular. It's a drama series. It became really popular a while back. And I mean, it seemed like everybody I talked to about this show was like, oh my gosh, I was crying. Oh my gosh, I had to have a conversation with people in my family. Oh my gosh, right? So this series is really, really focused on a family and it's an imperfect family, y'all. It's a very imperfect family. It deals with abandonment, adoption, forgiveness, mental health, obesity, all of these things are really in this show, and it's just real life, just like us. And y'all, this is us. As the body of Christ, this is us, an imperfect family, people who are designed very differently, people who have different gifts, but people who are all doing this, not just for God's glory, but to help each other, to care for one another. All of these things make a difference. And so... I want to impress upon you today that you ought to value and walk in your specific gift, in your specific calling, according to who God made you to be. It's important that we all do what God has called us to do, because if we don't, then the body doesn't move the same way. Y'all, Amy talked about it. There's a purpose for us to get even back in this building. But Amy can't do it by herself. The leaders can't do it by themselves. None of this stuff happens unless we come together as one body. So let's talk about it a little bit. First thing I want to bring your attention to is that God made the body. He made it. And the gifts and assignments are appointed by him for the common good. Let's look back at verses 4 through 7 of 1 Corinthians 12. Y'all remember what it said? There are different kinds of spiritual gifts. But the same spirit is the source of them all. There are different kinds of service, but we serve the same Lord. God works in different ways, but it's the same God who does the work in all of us. And a spiritual gift is given to each person so we can help each other. We were purposefully and uniquely designed to do what only we can do. Other people can preach, but they ain't gonna preach like I preach. Other people can preach. They're not going to preach like Pastor Kerry or anybody else. Only Mache can do what Mache is called to do. Only you can do what God has called you to do. And he, he did this stuff on purpose, y'all. Let me, y'all don't have to turn. It would be helpful if you did. But Psalm 139 is so poetic. And it's one of those scriptures that you just can't read it without feeling loved. And I'm a poetry lover, so it just, it just speaks to me a lot. But in Psalm 139... Verses 13 through 18. Actually, I'm going to read these out of the NIV because I just like the way it reads, y'all. So in Psalm 139, in the New International Version, it says this. Now, this is the psalmist talking to God, addressing his concerns to God. He says, for you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. 
My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place, when I was woven together in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. How precious to me are your thoughts, God. How vast is the sum of them. Were I to count them, they would outnumber the grains of sand. When I awake, I am still with you. Now, you can't tell me that that's not one of the most poetic things you've ever heard. <laughs> and this is specifically talking about how God uniquely knew us before we even came into being, how God uniquely created us, and how his relationship with us is so personal, and how if we even think about just the sum of who he is and how precious his thoughts are to us, the sum of that, it would be like the grains of sand. And y'all know, ain't nobody about to count no grains of sand. But it's so great. So how can a God like that, so uniquely perfected in his creation, just throw you together? Why would he not have a purpose for you? Why would he not have specific assignments that only you can do the way you do them? Why would he do that? Why would he take so much time to create us so perfectly, so uniquely, so beautifully, only for us not to be used? He wouldn't do it, y'all. He wouldn't do it. Ain't no need, okay? So this, that's for those of you who think that you don't matter. That's for those of you who think that your life is nothing. Your life means something, and I don't want you to let the enemy have you thinking that you don't mean anything, that you don't have a purpose. God wouldn't take so much time on you if you didn't have a purpose. So remember that. And can I just be, <laughs> y'all, I got to turn to Ephesians 4. I got to turn to Ephesians 4. It's very important that you know that not only are you created uniquely by God, but there's more to it than that. You weren't just created by him. He's got something for you to do. I just want to prove it to you in scripture. Ephesians 4 and 1 says, Therefore I, this is Paul talking, a prisoner for serving the Lord, beg you to lead a life worthy of your calling, for you have been called by God. Another version says to live a life worthy of the calling to which you have been called. But if God designed us to work together, you have to work in your own individual calling first. This right here means that the success of the body is dependent on each individual doing his or her part. So Brandon did his part this morning. Brandon did his part. He showed up, he played an instrument. J and D did the same thing. They showed up and they just played an instrument and they led us into worship. Now, I don't know where you went with your worship, but I know where I went with mine. Clearly, it took a long time for my nose to dry up. That was from them showing up and doing their part. And it might seem so simple, but in God's sovereignty, our music department has showed up throughout the entire pandemic throughout the entire pandemic, right? 
And we had people like Mike Treadway who were taking care of the audio and the visual and the cameras and all this throughout the entire pandemic so that even though we weren't able to gather together, we were still able to at least see some folks on the screen, right? Hear some songs of worship and hear, the, and hear our pastor preach. And there were other people who showed up, like Amy, <laughs> right? She showed up, she and others showed up and they were starting to bring food and different things for people who were here to serve. They did their part. They, they're living a life worthy of the calling to which they have been called. And all of these things they did not just to serve themselves. Y'all, these people didn't show up to serve themselves. They showed up to care for each other. They showed up to care for each other. And that's what we are called to do. And let's just say that they didn't show up. Some of us may not have been able to be encouraged. I'm going to be honest with y'all. Me. If nobody else benefited from Citadel of Faith having services every week, I did. I did. I benefited from that. I experienced a lot of loss. And that hurts. It still hurts. I experienced loss again just last week. But there are people who are doing their part to ensure that people can be encouraged just to live another day. And y'all, I'm going to be honest with y'all. I struggle with mental health as well. It can be rough to want to wake up in the morning and do anything, period. Depression and anxiety can take you down. There are several other disorders that can take you down and want to take you out. And Satan uses those things. And let's not even talk, just, just, just regular life. I'm talking about some of y'all, you may not struggle with mental health. You may not have an issue with that. But you may be under attack. There is somebody who does not want you to do what God has called you to do. It's just real. We have an active enemy who is fighting against us every day. There is a, a, an enemy, a true enemy, who just wants to distract you a little bit. Because that one distraction can go very, very far. Some of you have not dealt with issues that you experienced in your childhood, and you're still not walking according to God's calling because you won't deal with it. Satan is using you being bullied as a kid to prevent you from having the courage to evangelize. Because you're afraid of what somebody's going to say about you. Satan... All he had to do was just distract you a little bit. Just take a little something from childhood, just a little something, and it can cause your whole life course to be different than what it should be because of your fear. Y'all, I ain't talking about what I heard. I'm talking about what I know. I'm talking about what I know. Some of you, God has told you to do specific things. You're a giver. You're a giver but you're not giving generously because somebody else is not doing their part. Somebody else is not asking. Or somebody tricked you into thinking that you shouldn't give because you need to care more about your retirement. So you don't give generously as God has called you because you're so concerned about the future and making sure that your things are protected and you don't give. Some of you, 
are called to help people, but you got burned when you were 16. You went to help somebody and they didn't appreciate it. They didn't say thank you. They, they acted as if what you gave them or what you did for them, they deserved. And not only did they do that, they turned around and betrayed you. So now, you don't help people no more. Or you don't help them as much as you could or you feel like God is calling you to because you got burned. And I'm just here to tell you, God can heal even those things, but don't let the enemy win over God's calling on your life. Y'all, I listen to um, stories from missionaries who do things overseas and in different nations and villages and things like that. Y'all, y'all should really listen to some of these missionary stories. They are so not like what we experience. <laughs> so there's this dude, y'all, missionary from, from back in the day. Honestly, I don't even know if he's still alive. But his name is Otto Koning, and there's this series that somebody who did their part at my job, he gave me this series that he pretty much preached called The Pineapple Story. And a lot of CDs. And this guy was talking about when he was in this village in Papua New Guinea, he said that there was a gentleman there who didn't speak English at the time, things like that. Y'all, he kidnapped this dude. Sounds crazy, but he kidnapped this dude because he was in a nearby village, but in the other village, these were like enemies of his people. So he goes and kidnaps the white devil, right? It was a white dude, but that's how they described him as white devils. Like, they're not white devils, y'all. White people are not devils. Let me just, I don't believe in that. But that's what they called them in this village. But his father, the guy who kidnapped the missionary, his father had told him that there was a one-armed man who showed up in their village on a boat when he was a little boy who said that there was going to be a, a white devil who came to their village and was going to teach them how to die right. They were spirit worshipers. They, were, they believed in, you know, spirit worship, but they were very satanic. They dedicated their children to Satan and all of that stuff upon birth. But there was a one-armed man who was going by on a boat who told them, that a white devil was going to come and tell them how to die right. He was going to tell them about Jesus. And they believed the one-armed man because in this village, you don't have an injury so great so as to lose an arm and survive. So in their mind, this man had survived death and seen the demons and seen the light and all of that. And so he knew the right way to die. He had died and come back. That was their philosophy. So this dude who kidnaps the missionary, his father said that. And when his father was dying, the white devil didn't come in his father's lifetime. So when he was dying, he was telling his son, his son's name was Nataway. This was the dude who kidnapped the missionary. His name was Nataway. He said, Nataway, Nataway, don't follow me now. Don't follow me now. If the white devil comes in your lifetime, listen to his message. Don't follow me now. I don't know how to die right. You followed me in everything I've done, but don't follow me now, not away. But when the, white, when the white devil comes, listen to his message so you can know how to die right. So now, not away as an old man. And so when he finds out that the white devil is in a nearby village, he goes and kidnaps him so he can tell him how to die right. But at the time, Otto didn't know the language. So can you imagine? Your father dies, tells you to follow the white devil, 
the white devil that didn't come in his lifetime, but finally you hear about the white, the white man who comes and you finally get to him. You've been waiting your whole life to hear from him. And then all of a sudden he doesn't speak your language. And so he told Otto, because eventually he did become a believer before he died. They became good friends. The Lord had actually sent Nod away to take care of Otto. He built his home. He took care of him. They started a church. They did all these things, beautiful things for the kingdom of God. But it took so long for the white man to come. And maybe Otto wasn't the one who was supposed to come. Maybe he was supposed to come, but maybe there should have been somebody else who didn't do their part. And there was a conversation between Nataway and Otto. And Nataway said, you know, you were so scared when I came. And, you know, of course, you kidnap somebody. They're going to be kind of scared, right? Let's just be honest. Right? <laughs> so he understood. But, you know, they had become good friends. And Nataway was saying, there was, it took you so long to get smart to learn the language, right? He said, it took you so long to get smart. I never thought that I would, you know, be able to hear how to die right because it took you so long to get smart. But he said, but I'm so glad. He said, I, I was getting sick and I was near death a few times, but I kept telling my wife to give me water so I could survive, so I could stay in, on earth long enough for you to get smart, for you to tell me how to die right. Thank God it happened. But he said, why didn't you come sooner? Had you come, my father would have listened to your message and he would have died right. And as a result of that, Otto went back and challenged some missionaries that were older than him and said, didn't God call any of you? Can you imagine people are perishing and we're dropping the ball? We're dropping the ball on evangelism. We're dropping the ball on helping each other. We're dropping the ball on showing love and working in all of these spiritual gifts. God has called all of us to do things to help each other, and so that the body of Christ can be lifted up. It's just, this is just how the body works. If you're hearing me right now, you have a body. God made you to do something specific. I don't want us to be like Nataway's father or like Otto was. I don't want us to be missionaries. Those, who have, those of us who have been called by God to go and preach the gospel, which is all of us, right? Like the Bible is very clear. We should all be doing the work of an evangelist. Doesn't matter what your spiritual gift is. The Bible clearly says we should all still be doing the work of an evangelist. People should know about Jesus as a result of you because they're dying. And they're not dying right. And they're suffering and they're not able to even be receptive to God because they're in distress. And some of us are called to encourage. And many of us are not encouraging people because of the way they look or the way that they smell or the way that they speak or their socioeconomic status or because of where they live. Y'all, I'm just being real honest. The Lord has a solution for all of that. He wouldn't call you and not give you the ability to do it. But you matter. You are needed. You are necessary for the body to work. You might be an arm 
I might be the pancreas. Somebody else will be the gallbladder. Somebody else is a leg, a foot, a, a brain cell, right? A vein. All of, I mean, I can't even count. I don't know because y'all, biology was partially my thing, but not all the way my thing. I don't know how many parts of the body there are. I don't know how many cells and veins and all that, but I know it's a whole bunch. We all play a part. You gotta do your part and you gotta know that your part is necessary. We see in scripture where it was talking about how some parts of the body we, you know, we clothe with honor. They don't even mean that much, but they still mean something. They still mean something. So even if you feel like you play the smallest part, my sister, my brother, I encourage you, do it. Don't let Satan have you thinking that you don't matter. You are a part of the body of Christ. People need you. I needed what was happening at Citadel. I needed it. I needed it. So what's stopping you? Who deceived you? Who made you turn back? Who made you think that you weren't worth anything? When did it happen? Why did you let it go for so long? These are questions that you might ask yourself. But regardless of all of those questions, I'm telling you, that Jesus still cares. You remember what I read in Psalm 139? He still has precious thoughts concerning you, and they cannot be numbered. You have value. I'm telling you, you have value. Sometimes the smallest things, y'all, are sometimes the most grandiose things. And let me just be honest. Sometimes when you feel called of God to do something really, really big, you feel like, man, I can't do all that. I can't do that. That's too big, God. That's, 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 oh my gosh, that's out of my mind. Yeah. Yeah. But God will not call you to do anything that he does not provide for. If he's called you to do it, he's going to take care of it. Whatever needs to be done, it will get taken care of. But you got to walk in that thing, y'all. And you just got to know that it's God's doing. And because it's God's doing, God is going to do it. <laughs> he just wants your participation. He just wants you to sign on and be a co-laborer with him. He didn't say do all the work. The Bible says that we are co-laborers with Christ. That means that we're doing things with him, alongside him, with some help. It's not dependent all on you to do everything. And don't feel like you have to be perfect at it. You don't. You don't. I just don't want you to devalue who you are and what you've been called to do. Because you matter. You matter to God. You matter to me. You matter to the body of Christ. You matter to people who are supposed to be in the body of Christ, but they ain't yet. You matter. You have a part to play. And, and your part might be within the four walls of the church. You might be called to give. Y'all, our building, we need some help. We need some help. The building needs fixing. We want to come back together. Just like Amy said, we I want to hug. I want to be amongst some saints. I will have praise and worship all day long at my house by myself. But I prefer to do it with y'all. 
I just prefer to be here on a Sunday. Just my preference. Ain't everybody's preference. I'm cool with that. But what I'm saying is, for the most part, a lot of us prefer to be together. But things have been halted because some of y'all are not doing y'all part. And we don't want to delay it any longer. We want to come together as a body. And we want to help each other. We want to care for each other. And y'all, this is not to make you feel like, oh, well, I don't have anything to give. And all. Listen, you have something to give. It might not be monetary, but you have something to give. Some of you may, have, may know a contractor that might help us. And y'all, let me, can I be honest with y'all? Some people do services for free. God calls some people to do services for free. And sometimes, sometimes it don't even cost them nothing. I got a homegirl who's getting ready to be a doula. She's giving free doula services in work for her certification. Four mothers will get free doula services. I mean, just if you show up at the right time, right? So I'm just saying, you might know someone. You might have connections. You have something to give, not just to, to the benefit of our church, but to the world, y'all. Social media is taking over, and some of you, God has called to start a podcast or to start doing in inspirational videos or whatever. I'm talking about me too, okay? And we can use social media for God's glory, but you just ain't doing it. Why? Because you're scared? Because you don't want to be compared to anyone else? It don't matter, y'all. If you are living for the Lord, the Bible says that if you put your hand to the plow and look back, you are not fit for the kingdom of God. It doesn't have to be perfect. Just start. Just do it. You know what God, some of y'all, I don't even have to tell you, some of y'all are not in the dark about what God is calling you to do. You're just not doing it. Some of y'all not in the dark. But some of us are in the dark, right? Some of us are like, well, I really don't know what God has called me to do. I'd love to do work for the Lord, but I don't know what he wants me to do. I promise you, start reading this book. Just start reading the book. All kind of stuff going to come out. And you will, you will hear from God. He will speak to you. He will tell you exactly what you need to know. And let me just be honest. Ain't no need of you trying to do something that somebody else doing. Don't think that just because you desire a gift, even though I know the scripture we read says to desire some of the, some of the higher gifts, but it also says, but now let me show you a way of life that is best of all. So you might desire to do one thing. Some people really desire to preach. I don't. Like, it just was not a thing that I was like, oh, let me get behind. Nah, that ain't my thing. I'm, I'm, I love speaking. I love encouraging people. I love the Bible. I love teaching. I love all of that stuff. But I don't be trying to be behind no pulpit and stuff. Because people start putting expectations on you that don't belong and all of that kind of stuff. But guess what? There are some people out there who need to hear the word explained in the way I explain it. So, so, so who am I to dishonor God? Because I don't want to and because church folks is something else and all of that, right? Like, who am I to dishonor God and not do what he's called me to do just because of what could happen? Some of y'all won't serve God because of what could happen. But anyway, don't do that, y'all. <laughs> just don't do it. I'm going to go back to Ephesians 4 real quick. Real quick, I already read you verse 1, but the Bible says here, always be humble and gentle. 
Be patient with one another, making allowance for each other's faults because of your love. Make every effort to keep yourselves united in the spirit, binding yourselves together with peace. For there is one body and one spirit, just as you have been called to one glorious hope for the future, there is one Lord, one faith, one baptism, and one God and Father who is over all and in and living through all. I just want to bring your attention to this. This same God, in verse 16, it says he makes the whole body fit together perfectly. As each part does its own special work, it helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. Period. Period. I don't need to say anything about that because God just said it all. If you need to reread it, read Ephesians 4. I recommend verses 1 through 16 as a whole, but you know, do it how you want to do it. Last thing, I just want to bring this to your attention real quick in James 4. In James 4. James 4, verses 1 through 3 say this. What is causing the quarrels and fights among you? Don't they come from the evil desires at war within you? You want what you don't have, so you scheme and kill to get it. You are jealous of what others have, but you can't get it. So you fight and wage war to take it away from them. You don't have what you want because you don't ask God for it. And even when you ask, you don't get it because your motives are all wrong. You want only what will give you pleasure. Y'all, I've been a Christian a long time. This still gets me when I read it. It's a reminder that we ought not covet or be jealous of what other people have or what God has called other people to do. If you want something, just ask God for it with the right motives. But I promise you, if you start reading this book, you will be so affirmed in who you are and the calling that God has given you that you will want to do more of what God is calling you to do. The Bible, y'all, the Bible says it's sharper than a two-edged sword. It will cut you deep. You will learn some things about your real self. About your real self, I promise you. But I'm reading this to you because I don't want us to get so caught up in wanting to do what God has called other folks to do that we don't do what we are, that we are called to do. You as an individual, my sister, my brother, I'm telling you, you as you are, the way God created you, the purpose for which he created you, it matters so much that the rest of the body can't operate the way it should if you don't do your part. You got to do your part. And at the end of this scripture, at the end of this chapter, the Bible says, remember, it is sin to know what you ought to do and then not do it. I've been a Christian a long time. It's true. It is sin for you if you know what you should do and you don't do it. This should protect you from just trying to do what everybody else is doing or what anybody else is doing. 
God has put certain things on your heart that you know are good, that you know you should do. Why don't you do it? Why don't you do it? I'm telling you, it matters. I'm telling you, people would be blessed if you just do what's on your heart to do. I'm telling you, God will be honored if you do what he's asked you to do. I promise you, just live a life worthy of the calling that you've received. And for those of you who have no clue where to start, just open the book, y'all. I promise if you just open the Bible and start reading it, even if you can start from the beginning, you can start in the New Testament, you can start with a book, you can start with something you heard, just start reading it. I promise you God will reveal himself to you in ways you ain't never expected. And he will affirm who you are in him. And he will affirm what he's called you to do. And the Holy Spirit will convict you when you try not to do what you're supposed to do. Real talk. Real talk. You have the Bible. You have the Holy Spirit living inside of you. And this is for those of us who are believers. And you might not be a believer but I guarantee you God still has purpose for you too. There are specific things that he created you to do that only you can do the way you do them, baby. So you have the opportunity to accept Jesus Christ and actually walk worthy of the calling to which you've been called. And I'm not saying that people who aren't saved don't do good things, because they do. I know some atheists that have been good to me. I know some agnostics who have been good to me. But I guarantee you, if you let God, the Holy Spirit, actually indwell you, live in your heart, which comes automatically once you confess and believe in Jesus Christ, then you, your life will just mean so much more. So much more. It's not meaningless without Christ. Your life in and of itself is not meaningless without Christ. But to be able to find the meaning and to walk in that meaning is just, it brings a new level of joy and peace and comfort. So I encourage you, if you don't know Jesus Christ, you can get to know him. And you can invite him into your heart right now. You can say, Lord Jesus, I believe that you're the son of God. You died and you rose just for me. Come into my heart. Save me, Jesus. I'm trusting you and only you to direct my life. You can say a simple prayer like that or you can say a different prayer altogether as long as you confess that you do believe in Jesus Christ. And I'm telling you, the Bible says you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart then you'll be saved. Saved from what you ask, from the wrath of God that is sure to come. We just came out of a whole series on Revelation. Y'all know about the wrath of God that is sure to come. But for those of you who may be seeing this for the first time, who may be joining us for the first time, God in all of his love is also very just. And this world has sinned against him at large. And he's coming back to judge the earth and to destroy it. 
you want to make sure that you're dying right, that you're on the right side, that you go to heaven. And all you have to do to secure your seat in heaven is to just believe on Jesus Christ. That secures your seat. You believe in Jesus, confess that with your heart and with your mouth, and you'll be saved from the wrath of God that's sure to come. One of the great things about having heard what you just had a chance to experience is that your faith has gotten stronger. There's no way that you could have heard this message and your faith has not been increased. But where do we go? How do we move from faith to faith? The Bible is very clear that if you have not really made the greatest decision of your life, which is to become a Christian, you've really missed the great joy of the journey. So wherever you are, if you would like to have a personal relationship with Christ, do what the scripture says. Call upon the name of the Lord and you can be saved. Pray this prayer. Lord Jesus, I acknowledge that I'm a sinner. Forgive me of my sin. Come into my heart. I receive you now as my Savior and as my Lord. I'm trusting you and only you to direct my life in Jesus' name. Congratulations, wherever you are, that means that you have become a believer. For those of you that are already believers, your faith is now stronger. Don't be merely a hearer, but be a doer, and let's change the world. If you just prayed that prayer, you have an opportunity to reach out to us, and we would be honored to serve you and help you in your journey. Uh, please contact us at area code 313-871-FORT, or please visit us on our website, Citadel of Faith. Dot org that simply spells c-i-t-a-d-e-l of faith.org all one word we would love to hear your testimonies we would love to hear your prayer requests know that you're in a partnership with us and you're not in the journey alone let's change the world together one person at a time <laughs>